0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another awesome, exciting episode of Ignite Radio Live.
1: Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio for the Almighty. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and special in-studio guest, John Travick. But first, the season finale of our family road trip podcast, Buckle Up.
0: It's a big buckle. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the finale episode of the Family Road Trip Podcast. Wax on, wax off. Inconceivable. You never know what you're going to get.
1: You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and four dear, wonderful, heroic, and courageous couples.
0: Folks, if you've been along the journey with us at I ilovemyfamily.us, it's been a reality story, a true, authentic... Sometimes, you know, I've been in the media industry, uh, um, managed marketing for a number of Hollywood films, got to meet a lot of the writers, directors, and all of that, was uh, able to be involved with the Extreme Makeover Home Edition, which was really, really cool when it came to a particular part of this country. And a lot of that is really fabricated. You know, certainly there's a storyline that they take from, but here you're hearing the true story of what is most challenging... But most important for all of us and what is that that's to make our homes places of ever deepening encounter with jesus christ it's to recognize that our deepest desires of our hearts god fashioned in that for that poverty god is the provision and that we need to make the time to uh discover him more fully and to live it out for it to flow into our marriages and families and we just have kept it really honest these these four heroic couples and their families have said yes to uh, putting a flag in the sand is the way we like to speak of it once a week to gather their families together for a sacred time of fun sharing interaction yes but talking and praying and going deeper we use the word ritual and we've talked about over the last seven weeks that that word may not be the most uh, popular word when we think about it applying to home we get it for sports business Uh, Any other area, we get that we ritualize things, but maybe we've lost a sense that in our homes there's a value for us at least once a week to ritualize, to create a sacred space that truly has the capacity to form us for our greatest good. That that capacity to love and to be loved. So um, you're with the, with us with the finale episode here. We've been going for seven weeks now. They've been doing this for seven weeks, sharing the obstacles, the challenges. We shared the image that you see at I Love My Family. Not a warm, fuzzy picture. It's uh, you know, it, it's a road going into these mountains under foreboding skies and lightning hitting the road itself. And that really, truly, if we're really honest, we want to be honest, is an image that most of us experience when we think about making our homes places of encounter, the real challenge to do more than just nod our heads at a great talk or retreat, but to actually do it, to actually make the time to do it. But through that, uh, if you will, storm is great delight, is great joy, is great sunshine. And so we do invite you even now, and for this not to be an end, in this finale episode we're going to hear some testimonials as to how it went, we invite you to even now begin to uh, embrace this call to make our homes places of ever-deepening encounter.
2: It's one small step for man,
0: one giant leap for mankind. I was a huge fan of of aeronautics back in the day and uh, planes and all of that. And so this past week was extremely meaningful for me to look back 50 years when we put men first on the moon. And it occurred to me, what if... Fifty years ago, on July 20th, all that happened was the Saturn V rocket took off in 1969, but it kind of stopped in the orbit. Even though it was designed to go further in that high mission of getting the men on the moon, what if it just came back down? Would we be commemorating it today? Likely not. Well, similarly, it's worth us asking the question today. Our homes are mission control. Our greatest mission as parents is to foster vibrant and authentic cultures of ever-deepening encounter with Christ in our homes, to form our children be missionary disciples, attuned to the heart of the Father. That's our mission. That's our ultimate goal. So formidable that they would choose to do the same when they get married and have kids, whatever their vocation may be. So what will be said of you and me 50 years down the road about this mission? What will be said about our having accomplished it? Do we have a plan to do it? Are we about it? Well, that's what we're really all about. Humbly, meekly, tripping over our legs sometimes, the awkwardness, the challenges, but we're about it. God is about it. He's pouring forth the grace for us to say yes to make this happen. And a step to do that, again, is to gather your family together once a week to talk and pray. We provide a free gathering guide to do that that's based upon Sunday readings. Again, you can get all this for free at ilovemyfamily.us. So... With no further ado, we're going to dig into this finale episode of the Family Road Trip Podcast. We're going to begin by simply going around and asking each of our beloved cojourners with us to share a moving story from the past seven weeks of this journey. Let's begin with the Hunter Brinkers, whichever one of you wants to go first.
3: For me, um, it was with our kids when we were talking about Yesterday's um, gospel reading of Martha and Mary You know, we kind of have to prompt them With their ages being six and four And our oldest Was trying to cue Vaughn with what an answer might be To the question we asked him She's like, (laughs) pointing to the kitchen Because we were asking, well, what was Martha doing? Where was she spending her time? And she's like, Vaughn, look over there What room is that? Um, But it was just really sweet to see how she wanted to help him Try and figure out and better understand the story That's great
4: Sweet Brett, for me, it was back when the uh, gospel was the five loaves and the two fish, and Vaughn, um, as four years old, really kind of giving some good insights. I gave them the question of, of like, would you be able to give something of yours if Jesus asked it? Mm -hmm. Would you be able to give it up? And and just for him to think about that and ponder it and think about like your favorite toy or think about your favorite food and would you be able to give that to Jesus the yes. answer and he said yes and it was just a moving uh, moving touching story. And folks also
0: along this journey the last seven weeks very blessed to journey with the Hunter Brinkers here who in the last few weeks gave birth to their twins numbers four and five and so you may hear the beautiful little squeaks and sounds of the two little newborns here with us and uh, we're just delighted to celebrate in that gift.
1: Well, my most memorable
5: moment, I think, was our four-year-old Raina, who is probably our most boisterous child. And she just yelled really loud, calling everybody to prayer, kind of like on the electric <laughs> company. <laughs> hey, you guys! <laughs> That's awesome. And it was just so, it was just really fun to watch her gather everybody together. And, and that particular time, Um, I witnessed an exchange of affection between the siblings Hmm. and my mind almost went to the future um, and I pictured them with their own children and how they would be with their own children. The love that they were showing each other at that moment, that was like the best moment. That's
0: awesome. Just to anticipate that is being passed along. You got a story for Jeff.
5: I do. Um, What has really moved him over the last seven weeks is just the... Amount of communication with our older kids Mm. and having that opportunity to share on a deeper level with our teens. So um, for him, I think that has been the most moving.
0: Very cool. Benars.
6: It's not so much a story as it is um, that Ben has started asking me to remind him first thing in the morning to take time for prayer and meditation on scripture. Wow. And that's because he said once Once he does this for several weeks, um, it will become a habit.
0: That's amazing. Bronco, favorite story from the past seven weeks.
2: So I will mention one from, it was from the affirmation, and I did affirm uh, Ben. I don't remember what I affirmed anymore, <laughs> but, but I remember that he responded joyfully. It wasn't so in the beginning, but over the seven weeks, a trust has developed, mm. and so it seems like he believes it now and so mm. he accepts it more openly and joyfully, and it was it was just good to, good to see.
0: Awesome.
1: It's almost like teaching them a new language, becoming more familiar uh, with that, and that we really do have to teach them so that it becomes a natural thing. And you guys give great witness to that. Thank you so much, Daniels.
7: So our two-year-old Luke, he has really throughout the seven weeks, we ask him every question. Most of the time his answers are exactly what one of his older siblings said. Um, Some weeks he'll get on a, like, He'll have one answer. You know, grandma will be his answer for every single question. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, he's two. And so, you know, we really just kind of, of course, include him in, in, in the conversation, but mm-hmm. um, not really feeling like it's getting anywhere. And so um, this week we're going around and doing apologies. And mm-hmm. my older kids didn't really have anything s- significant they significant that they felt that they needed to apologize for and then Luke um, who just kind of out of nowhere said that apologized to me because the day before um, he had we had gone to swim lessons and he had refused to participate and he said I sorry mama because I went to swim and I did not get into pool (laughs) <laughs> um, and Aww. I was like totally blown away because, you know, yeah. just, I hadn't thought that he really got it. And right. um, to see him get it um, was really encouraging to me.
8: That is so cool. Matt. Part of our commitment to say Hail Mary um, at, at noon, and we were going to uh, pray that Hail Mary for different people um, kind of outside of our family, yeah. our immediate family my daughter decided to pray for a particular friend of mine, um, who we had just found out that, um, was expecting our kids don't know this, but there's a lot more to the story. She had struggled with deciding to keep the child or not, Mm. like to the point where, where she had gone to a couple clinics several different times. And, um, for me, it was just, it was a moment where I guess I realized like prayer is so important. And, um, obviously this, this person doesn't know, um, that my six-year-old daughter is praying for, but right. um, my daughter's heart just is with babies and mothers, and um, it was a just an incredible moment for me to see mm. um, the way the Holy Spirit works and um, through the prayers of a little girl, her commitment to life, and uh, I think it was my my favorite moment from from the last seven weeks. <laughs>
0: Folks, you're with us along the ride in the Family Road Trip podcast, the finale episode, and so delighted to have these wonderful families on the journey, not only for these seven weeks but in this particular region that we know we can continue to journey together and be a uh, sources of encouragement. And so we're going to go around another time here and simple questions, two of them. How have you been personally blessed or what difference has it made? And how has your family been blessed? What difference has it made? Let's begin with Brett.
4: Uh, for me being personally blessed, I mean we we pray every day as a family in the evening, but to get together uh, an extra time out of the week, um, just, just to open our conversation a little bit, to open up scripture as a family, uh, it's really just been a blessing for me, uh, just as the, as trying to be the head of the household, um, mm-hmm. and, and just really just being there for my kids and seeing them grow. So for me, it's just the joy of being together as a family, just, a, mm-hmm. just for an intentional, just you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Awesome. That's so good and the family uh for the family just to see them over the seven weeks grow um and the fact that they you know by probably week two or three even they were like when are we doing the look at when when's the look guide coming <laughs> and so their anticipation of it um their answers for gianna specifically i would say uh would get a little bit deeper her apologies would actually be a little bit more sincere mm. uh even vaughn towards the end there even his, his apologies would be uh we didn't have to prompt him too much you know we'd just say okay Let's go around the table and apologize to someone that we need to apologize to. And they would actually do it instead of us saying, okay, Vaughn, apologize to your sister for something you did yesterday. Beautiful. Ellen.
3: Being more aware of how our kids pay attention to what we do or how my actions can affect them and how they can perceive that. So, I mean, I know that could be theoretically a bad thing, but (laughs) (laughs) knowing though that if they, you know, establishing good habits and, good things and hopefully they'll pick up on that um, so it's just made me be more aware of myself and what I do um, and then for our family kind of same as Brett just being intentional about conversation has been really huge for us and I think it hopefully this will help our kids to not hesitate to have deeper conversations with us down the road that they know okay we can do this mom and dad you know have kind of led us in this and
1: they won't hesitate to come to us if they need to talk about something Right, tilling that soil now and building that trust. That's awesome. Nikki Hummison. Well, a huge blessing for me is that these lit um, family
5: times have been really like a window into our children's hearts. Mm, So
9: it's such a great uh, image.
5: Yeah, it's just really allowed for deeper conversations just in our everyday. And so that's been a huge blessing. And for Jeff, he, I think, has really been called to task in forming the boys so he got them all leather-bound journals and sat them all down and and encouraged them to um just write their thoughts their prayer intentions um just
0: wow. really cool
5: yeah communicating with god and then also integrating their their every day like their work and school so it's all integrated together so really their faith um he really wants them to weave their faith into
1: everything else they do thank you for that witness How has your family been blessed?
5: Well, I've noticed subtle changes in the relationships between the kids. Um, It seems like one of the fruits is that they work together as a team even better. Mm. I, I just noticed more growth in virtue. And I think a lot of that comes from the fruit of our family gatherings.
0: Ronco how have you been personally blessed over the past seven weeks and how has your family been particularly
2: blessed for myself I can I think the one thing I was forced to learn is to better manage my response to the resentment before we started the, the gathering because every time not every time there was one day it was exception <laughs> every time there was some kind of some kind of resentment some kind of fight trying to sabotage it and not do it, which is understandable because you are forced to confront your whatever grudges you hold on to or have to learn patience and slowly diffuse and encourage and get it rolling, you know.
0: It is so honest. It is so honest and I think all of us um, fight the non-responsiveness or sabotaging of our children or families. And just to your honesty there, that we would recognize that propensity. I'm speaking personally here at times in our family's experience. And the decision of how am I going to choose to be positive anyways and navigate that is a great thing. So I really appreciate your candor there. Bronco, how has your family been blessed?
2: What I noticed is the the changes are subtle, but deep, I think. There's more trust between each other. There's been a theme asking for forgiveness, and that has been difficult at first. It has gotten easier and more genuine over the seven weeks
0: awesome thank you Catherine.
2: personally
6: i feel more attuned to the needs of others in my family in the sense of seeing them in a new light not generalizing sometimes and putting them in a box or you know seeing them through my own lens but helping me to rediscover their uniqueness i would say beautiful. Um,
1: so well put that's beautiful
6: it's helped me to be more gentle and patient and interested um, in my action interactions with them.
0: So again, folks, you're listening to Family Road Trip podcast. We're still going around, but just with Catherine here. I want to punctuate: this is the gift God gives us in His very nature of Trinity relationships and the delight and the joy and all of us have to overcome obstacles and debris and I think we're hearing this theme in different forms play out that in making this time we're challenged we, we confront ourselves and when we break through when the spirit breaks through we're hearing just such a great example of, uh, of what happens there. Catherine what difference have you seen in your family?
6: Honestly just simply um, an increase in mutual deference to one another. Jenny Daniels.
7: I think I have been personally blessed in what this meeting one time a week does for my mindset um, for the whole week to Mm -hmm. come. And just that mindset of accountability, that mindset of just to have that extra moment of prayer and intention throughout the week um, has been how I have really been blessed. Um, and I think our family is, has been blessed just by that, having that quality time together, mm. um, to sit down. And I have noticed, uh, our children just like want, they love this. Mm. Um, they love that time. They look forward to it. Um, they wake up on Sunday. We, we usually do it on Sunday evening and they wake up on Sunday morning like, oh, it's mass and oh, our talk is tonight. <laughs> That's um, so beautiful. I love
0: it. It's so talk. moving.
1: So um, moving.
7: Yeah. So they love it. And it's just been a beautiful time of togetherness for us.
1: So good. Matthew.
8: So I think for me, um, personally, it's been this great reminder of what our mission, um, as a family is, you know, like that, I forget exactly the, the line from that opening prayer, but, but, you know, we're, we're thankful, we're thanking God for, for allowing us to be part of, um, his mission of making him love to the world. And like, it's, it's, these seven weeks have been this great reminder, this refresher that, that that's what the purpose of our family is, right? It's not baseball practice or, Mm -hmm. or even like, even like just eating dinner as a family, which is, those are all good things, but, like the purpose of our family is to is to make God His love known to the world, and I mm. think it's been this, you know, that's that's part of the prayer, but it's been this refresher for me, mm. like like this is what our family is all about, and this is what, you know, why our our family is so important. I think, you know, kind of like what Jen was saying, I think um, it's been fun for both of us to see how excited our kids are with this time and you know I, I think kids are especially good at like like sniffing out things that aren't genuine right you know? mm-hmm. and, and they like by their <laughs> their body language or their their actual language like you know if they're into something or they're not and um our kids are really into this time, and um God willing like we can preserve that zeal uh, mm. uh, all the, like through teenage years or maybe maybe we, you know it changes a little bit um but but I think um it's been. It's been a blessing to see their excitement, their genuine excitement mm-hmm. for uh, this time together as a family, and it's been—that's been, that's been uh, I think, fun for us as parents. That
2: was you
0: oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> with Greg and Stephanie, the finale, seventh episode of the Family Road Trip podcast with these four wonderful families. All very busy, uh, jobs and children and all the demands and challenges. But they committed, in addition to their other prayer, you hear them speak of other prayer rituals and things they have in their families. Uh, but they committed to putting the flag in the sand once a week for this, a time of meaningful talking and praying. And so um, of this crew with us, I would say the Hummisons are perhaps share with us having older children also. Um, our eldest is 22? 21. Like I said, 21, yep. <laughs> down to 14. And um, obviously, Benar's entering into that realm with a teenager now at the top, and the rest of you kind of trailing. The point I want to make is, if you choose to do this, this has been a staple in the Schleeder family. And again, we are on a journey, and, and we pray fervently for our children, and they're not through the woods until they meet their maker that one day. Um, but with the toxicity of the culture, let's just name it for what it is. That the enemy hates God, and he hates us because we're made in God's image. He is after us. And there's no immunity, no matter where you go. There's no immunity or freedom from this sort of attack. So all the more importantly, do we as families need to foster that kind of authentic encounter? Not just go through hoops, not just disciplines, but to foster these dispositions. The sense of God is real. Jesus loves us, and he's with us in the Holy Spirit. So what am I trying to say? If you do this as a family, you will see the benefit of your children owning this, owning it personally, knowing Jesus and pursuing him personally, having that compass in a wilderness around us. It's a great analogy. Just a compass as they experience the challenges, the temptations, and all that the world has to think clearly, to see it clearly, to be rooted in God, to have the heart of the Father, to discover their gifts, and really to recognize truly that all of life is worship. What do I mean by that? Sports, academics, every aspect of their lives are blessings that are given to bless. They're blessings given to bless. It's not simply to get the, you know, the medal if they're really good at a particular sport or to get the A plus if they're able to do that. It's to give all glory to God and to foster that mindset, that heart set, which I just, I can't, I can't more loudly and boldly and delightfully proclaim what God does for us, pouring forth that grace when we take the time to receive it, the, the recurring benefit, if you will, when they reach those difficult years and, and beyond. I'm just, I'm just so blown away at God's love and mercy. And so if you're listening right now, maybe you're battling with your kids and your teenagers and you're, you just don't know how to deal with it and you feel like they're too far gone. I need to pronounce you're not and they're not. Even though they won't know how to communicate this to you, there's nothing more powerful then their admiration for you. You're an icon of God and they still need you to get in there in a loving way, caring way. Create the landscape for them to truly encounter God in an authentic way. Be honest. Be real about it. Acknowledge the awkwardness and the difficulty, but set that time aside. I challenge you next week. Set aside that time. You're going to find 168 hours next week. He may bless you with 168 hours next week. Ask yourself the question of that 168 hours, how much do you plan right now to set aside to receive His grace in such a powerful way? Can you set aside 45 minutes? Trust me, it will be difficult. You'll hear the thunder and the lightning interiorly and maybe around you, but be gentle, be, for, be um, you know patient with it, but set it up and do it and receive it. Invite them to experience it. It will be a very powerful thing. So one more final time here in the Family Road Trip Podcast Season 2. You can find out more at ILoveMyFamily.us. A final question going around. What one piece of prominent advice do you give to families who are thinking about embracing this weekly time using the Lit Gathering Guide?
4: Brett. So, you know, we have a nightly prayer. You know, maybe you pray a weekly rosary as a family, which is great. Don't, Don't stop doing those things. But just adding this as a weekly ritual to your family is just going to deepen your relationship with one another. You're going to get to know your son or daughter, maybe even your spouse, better. And so, and then they're just going to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And then they're also going to grow in your relationship with you. And it's just really been a true blessing for our family. Mm-hmm. So it, it's been wonderful. Thank you. Ellen.
3: I would just recommend if families thinking about it, just go for it. Um, I know when we were asked to join this, I was hesitant because I was thinking, okay, we're going to have the twins in the middle of it. So Mm -hmm. that's going to get really tricky, but it really hasn't hindered us much at all. And I mean, life's never going to have that perfect moment where you can Mm -hmm. say, okay, now everything's settled down. So just go for it and do it and let God work through your family.
1: Thank you. Nikki.
5: I think everybody said it so beautifully, but I would say just persevere. There are hidden graces um, that come with persevering in the midst of difficult moments, but it doesn't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And I would say, just do it. It will be good. It'll bear fruit.
0: You get an extra one because Jeff is not with us. If you'd like to take another one,
5: uh, I, I think you would probably share the same thing. Just and and don't be afraid to fight the fatigue. You're going to be mm. tired and testy, and some nights you might be irritable but just try to overcome it like you've said Mm -hmm. you know it takes courage and nothing good comes easy great advice
2: bronco Bernard. everybody already said what i was going to say to be honest (laughs) magnify it persevere i would say to be honest i don't know if you would have persevered without the high stakes of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) that's okay I would say create high stakes for yourself when you set out on a mm-hmm. journey because it does certainly help.
0: Awesome, enough. thank you, Bronco, anyway. Catherine.
6: Um, I echo. Just be consistent, even when you run into resistance. There it
0: is. That was the, punctual. Yeah. Nailed it, folks. You will run into resistance. We can't say it enough.
8: The Daniels. My dad was a football coach for 40 years, and he used to tell people that would help him that like he pick. A drill that stresses the fundamentals and do it at every practice mm. because it gives you a sense of how a player is going to develop right how a player is getting better at the most fundamental things and oh, sure. i think in a sense like that's what that's what this practice has helped us that we we got a sense of how we've grown as a family and we should we should keep that practice up to see how we continue to grow as a family so embrace the ritual very well put very wise
1: Jen,
7: so I think my encouragement would be, especially for those with little ones who are considering doing this, um, because you know that's sort of the stage of life that we're at. And and I kind of, going into it, I'll admit I kind of thought, like, are my kids really going to get this? Are they really mm. going to get thing out of it? And two things. Uh, that I would say to encourage others is that number one, they do, and it's not every comment, and it's not even every week. Um, there are a lot of distractions, and there are a lot of you know kids running around and flights, flighty, you know, thoughts. Right. But um, every once in a while, you get this pocket of just beauty um, mm. from from the mouth of babes, and um, it's just really encouraging to hear. And then, secondly, um, I love the quote i wish it was a saint but it's not but um that i an, an author said um listen to anything your children want to tell you no matter what for if you don't listen eagerly um to the little stuff when they are little they won't tell you the big stuff when they are big mm. because to them all of it has always been big stuff mm. wisdom I, such yeah, wisdom. It's, it's an author um katherine wallace but it Always, I think of it often because in some of our answers, you know, that the kids, like, what is your challenge? And, um, you know, Matt and I would kind of look <laughs> look at each other like, really? Like, that's been your biggest challenge of the week. <laughs> um, but to them, it it's a challenge and it's important. And the idea of ritual, like, we're doing this now. We're creating this culture in our home of, like, this is stuff we talk about. Um, And someday those things are going to be a lot bigger challenges and things that their heart is really struggling with. And when they are, um, we've created a safe space for them to share that. So um, I guess that would be my encouragement.
6: That was
3: awesome.
0: So profoundly blessed by you wonderful brothers and sisters and speaking on behalf of both Stephanie and I, As you've said yes and given witness to us and all who are listening right now, I know we are closer to our Father in Heaven and our family has been blessed as a result because you said yes. Uh, Another thought that is really prominent as we wind down here, at least of these seven weeks, um, that we will continue journeying together. We know that it it is hopefully an ordinary part of our lives because it's our deepest desire, our deepest needs. But I I invite um, all of you who are listening right now all of us in this moment in history to really recognize the blessing of our children, and our families in this moment, in this now moment. Why? Because I know in our Schleter family, I have two nieces that have faced life-threatening illnesses. At moments in their respective lives, we wondered if their time had come, if God was going to call them home. And I do think there's great merit to looking upon our spouses and our children through the same lens, not to take for granted that they will be here tomorrow. Um, and th- I think what does that do? It makes us aware of the value of this moment and to seize that opportunity for the most important things. There's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of good things we can do and keep doing good things, but the greatest thing possible is what we're talking about and the greatest challenge to make that time for meaningful interaction and meaningful prayer to lean into it, to, to press through the awkwardness, to press through the storm and difficulty. And then increasingly our hope is that our children will uh, have a multitude surrounding them. When they're our age, that they will it will be the most ordinary thing in the world to have that common experience and vocabulary to talk about Jesus Christ and what he's done for us and what he's doing for us to transform us and a journey together and to, to talk about how God is guiding us and leading us and hopefully overflowing into the culture around us as we know it's doing. So blessed to be with you all on this Family Road Trip podcast. Again, please keep journeying with us at ilovemyfamily.us. In fact, I want to invite you all to... Wednesday, July 31st. Wednesday, July 31st, if you're in the area, at 6.30 p.m., we're having what we call a Reignite. What is that? Well, you can find out more at ilovemyfamily.us. It's absolutely free, an awesome evening of witness, word, and worship. Father Mike Danderan is going to impart, I think, a very powerful message that's part of the series that we've video produced Uh, making the most out of Mass. It'll be kind of the conclusion live and in person with him, taking up the Emmaus story. The testimony is going to be from Curtis Weisenberger, a seminarian in our diocese. Very excited to hear him share a very blessed life. The worship led by Brendan O'Rourke, a very gifted, heartfelt Catholic worship leader down at Catholic Youth Summer Camp Damascus. So please join us again for Reignite, this event, Wednesday, July 31st, 6.30 p.m. at Holy Trinity Parish in Assumption. And with that, we say may God's abundant blessings overflow into you, into your marriage, into your family, and overflowing into the world. God bless you all. Thanks so much for journeying me.
5: God has filled me up with the Spirit inside.
0: So there it is, folks, the finale episode of Family Road Trip Podcast. If you want to listen to all the episodes of these four awesome families journeying for seven weeks, pressing into the storm and on the other side, into the light, the joy, the grace that God desires for our marriages and families, go to I We hope to see you next Wednesday at our reignite event. And now let's maximize our time with our wonderful guest.
1: John Travic Drumroll, please. <sighs> <Woo! laughs> So, John, welcome. Thank you for being with us tonight. Thanks for having me. Um, in this craziness of the podcast and such. But um, you are a wonderful husband and father, and you are the—is your title youth minister?
9: So It just uh, says the man. The, the man. man no, St. Exactly. Patrick Heather, Heather Downs. Downs. No. Director of youth and young adult ministry, I think, is my actual title. But most people just call me John. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like Cher in Madonna. John. having the heart go. of
9: the father and bringing it with the
0: new awesome pastor who's bringing a lot of magic to the parish father yes. magic father we love you and you guys are going to be awesome you're yeah. awesome All so
1: so many things that we would love to be blessed with john's wisdom but we're going to focus the topic in the short time we have um, with john tonight but don't worry he will this be is back. the trailer <laughs> it would be Bach. Um, it Just, we, we've been talking about all these different events and encounters, whether it's CYSC or Covecrest or Tech or all these things, different programs that parishes have, in particular for youth, but I think this is applicable across the board. And so we wanted to get John's perspective as a youth and young adult minister on how to live it out beyond that encounter event.
9: Yeah. So... Uh, that initial encounter, I think, is so important. Like for myself, especially, I when I was in high school, I grew up in a Catholic family, mm. and my, shout
1: out to the wonderful Travick they're, family, they're oh, great. Michigan. <laughs> yeah,
9: I, my mom and dad are living saints, Amen. and they did an awesome job at raising me in the faith. But for every person, there comes that time where you've got to make that decision, mm, right. you know, to follow Christ. And for me, it was at a, a student youth conference. I went, and the Lord worked in my life. And at that moment, I was able to say, Lord, I'll do whatever you want. And my, my like goal at that point was to become a lawyer, not get involved in the church. And <laughs> Kind of the same.
8: I'm yeah. kidding. Sorry.
9: <laughs> <laughs> so that day, the Lord changed my life. But leaving that, as soon as I left, all the fears came back. Mm-hmm. And if there wasn't people in my life to mentor me mm-hmm. in, like, that encounter, it would have just sat there. Right. You know, and I, it wouldn't have actually taken root. It's like— uh, Sower in the seeds. Right. So there's there's got to be, like, that sower. Mm-hmm. And so—
1: Did you seek those mentors out, or were you blessed to just be surrounded by them, or—
9: You know, I, both. okay. You know, there was the people that I was surrounded with, especially my family, Mm -hmm. and uh, the priests that have been in my life have had huge impacts in my Mm -hmm. life. But at the same time, there were certain people that saw things and made the effort to reach out and say, "John, where you at with this? Mm -hmm. Like, how are things going?" And those conversations really helped to lead me to to actually giving over my life. Mm -hmm. Like I could, Mm -hmm. I made that initial like, "Lord, I give you it," but it was through that continued guidance of people and helping me to discern what that actually meant. Mm-hmm. Because as a high schooler, I didn't actually know what it meant to give my mm-hmm. life over to the Lord. I could say it, but there's parts of my, my life that I had like that were so down deep that mm-hmm. I, there was no way I could give it. You know, So the Lord continued to work through these people in my life.
1: And how awesome for all of us to be reminded of the fact that a conversation can be a life changer to take that time eyeball to eyeball and ask those questions to pause amidst the craziness and busyness or whatever we want to excuse we want to make right but just the conversation
9: right and one thing that i've come to realize a little bit more is that a lot of teenagers and and young adults uh now have grown up in a culture where we've gone to conferences conferences we've gone to camps we've encountered these things it's for some of the teens at, at our parish, they've been to camp like six, seven times. Ooh. They're camp junkies. Camp junkies, you know. <laughs> and there is there is a place for that, but if it's not guided well, it becomes a very bad thing, I
8: think. Can mm-hmm.
9: inoculated of, against the grace? Been there, done that. Right. Got the t shirt. Right. And yeah. it's it's more like am I am I going back to try to encounter the Lord in the same way and get that same high that I got? Or am I treating this as a retreat where I'm where I am going Mm. to the Lord and allowing him to take me and work in me. It's kind of, I compare it all the time. It's like going on vacation. Like, I'm going to go on vacation with people, but I'm going to come back with those same people and continue to work with Mm. them and continue Mm -hmm. to love them and continue to journey with them. Going to camp is kind of that, or... or conferences or whatever i'm going on vacation with jesus but i got to come back with jesus and we got to keep going in the stuff that we've been doing that's Mm -hmm. actually hard you know but i get to step away for a little bit Mm -hmm. and really encounter him in a different way not a better or worse way a different way Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. come back
1: could i ask you john to tell the story um about cove crest and what you did with your kids that you took there with the wall
9: yeah so we were there's a uh, at, at Covecrest at camp. There's this big wall that, and the low ropes course where we're trying to get over this wall. And we're the fellows that came to camp. They're awesome dudes. And these guys, they they knew what they were doing. So I they,
1: wish you could see his big smile oh as he's God. talking about I love these guys. guys. Shout out to the dudes. They're amazing <laughs> the dude. young
9: men. Uh, so they they they're trying to get over this wall, and they just crush it. They get over it super fast. And one of the guys goes and picks up his backpack. He's getting ready to leave. And I'm like, hey, fellas, uh, you can't talk. You got to do it again. There's a lion that just broke out of the zoo, and he's going to be here in two minutes. You have two minutes to get every guy over this wall. And immediately, like, they, like, dropped their stuff because they were, like, totally checked out. They were ready to go. Mm -hmm. Like, onto the next thing. It was like, checked it, done, let's move. And... Watched them drop their stuff, and they just, like, pounded out this wall. There was 11 guys. They got 11 guys over this wall in a minute and 30 seconds. That's awesome. And it was just amazing seeing them pulling each other up over this wall. And, like, they were working as one unit to, like, do this. Mm. Uh, And when they came back down, I I talked. I, I just had this moment. The Holy Spirit was like, we do this so often, like, in our faith like with in our relationship with him we go to him we like have this goal in mind we hit the goal we check it off we put on our bag and we start walking away Mm. and the lord's like i haven't even started yet you know like i have so much more for you where are you going you know but we just kind of check it off Mm -hmm. and it was a moment for i think all of us but even myself like so much of like lord like Help me not to do that because as a guy, like, yeah, man, I like, I want to achieve a goal. When I achieve the goal, I like in my mind, I'm done, but you don't work like that. Lord, Mm -hmm. like, like your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Mm. And like, help me to remember that, especially in those moments where I feel like I've achieved whatever it is in my mind that I'm trying to achieve. But that's actually not what you have in store for me.
0: Like, what would the Lord of the Rings trilogy be if they just kind of zoomed in to the dropping the ring in Mordor and the Gollum thing biting and went, Hey, that's we know what's gonna happen here. Why bother with the hours if you're a movie watcher, but the many more hours if you're reading the book, you miss the depth, you miss the characters, you miss the richness of what God wants to give us. And I'm with you on that. How do you how do you help the men though maybe recognize, and I don't know if this is me reflecting on the great things you're saying and taking it this way, maybe you want to go in a different direction, but how do you help them recognize the sacredness of every moment, not just the crescendo moment that they had, but getting off that wall and going to the wall and every step they take after that to see that this is a sacred moment. Is that kind right. of the thing?
9: Yeah, I, I I mean, I think that's, I mean, that's that's what all of us are trying to do. Like, right. Like, there's something beautiful about the sacred, so we want to be in it, you mm-hmm. know, and like, I think sometimes we only think that that exists in a church, you know, like that sacred moment, Mm -hmm. that sacred place. But how do I encounter the sacred? How do I do that? And I think it comes down to, like, my relationship with God. Like, where is it at? You know, and is it built on just this event, like this encounter that I have created in my mind? Or, like, there are real encounters with Jesus that happen when you go to a camp or a conference or a retreat or whatever it is. But if we build our relationship on God, off of that event instead of the fundamental gospel question, then we could very quickly walk a different path mm-hmm. because that event could very easily fail us. Example would be going to Eucharistic adoration for the first time, encountering the Lord, super powerful. But if I haven't asked myself the question of, do I believe there is a God? Like, do I believe Jesus is God? And do I believe that his way is good for me and that I need him? Mm. If I have not asked those questions and believe that in my heart, then when I go to adoration once or twice and I don't have that same mountaintop experience, I'm just going to walk away. Right, done. You know? So, but if I ask myself that fundamental question, then I can be in the sacred at every moment because my faith is built on a rock instead of something that's going to shift on me so quickly. And if I do that, then I can be anywhere, and whenever a moment happens, I can take it right back to that belief that I believe there is a God, and that this is from Him, and He's given to me in this moment.
1: Right, and asking those questions sometimes over and over. Yeah, it's and not over a one-time question. And over again.
0: Yeah. So I have a, a thought here. Just I'm going to throw you a hardball, which I know you're totally attuned to. So, I I feel like in the midst of this, we've become the quote-unquote, the best of us who go to Mass and pray the rosary and are really attuned to the catechism and want to live it, the best that that can ever be is I just described that as being a consumer. I am consuming, I'm feeding, and we set people up to, in their prayer, and we ought to receive God's grace and enter into that and worship him personally. Yes, receive him, consume the body, but it's meant to consume us so that we are like Christ and little Christ, alter Christus, and be, have his heart beating within us so it overflows, So what challenge do you face and what delight do you experience when you see these people that you work with go from simply receiving to really being attuned to the heart of the Father in them and bringing that heart to their parents, to their brothers, to their sisters, to the world, and to recognize the power of God working through them? Does that make sense?
9: I think so. Um, Well, I think at that moment, like, I know for myself, growing up, like I had a lot of knowledge about my faith, but I didn't I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like with Jesus. Like I, I thought of God as something out there instead of something within me. Mm-hmm. You know. So when that moment happened in my life, it just changed everything. Mm-hmm. Like and realizing that like the Lord desires a relationship with me and that moment where things changed and like my, my desires changed in that moment. Mm -hmm. So when those moments happen and you see that in these teens and then you can journey with them, not necessarily lead them, but journey with Mm -hmm. them. I think there's a difference between leading people and accompanying people. Mm -hmm. And I think we often lead people in the ways that we've been led and that very quickly can make somebody look like me instead of Mm -hmm. like Jesus. Mm -hmm. So learning how to accompany people instead of leading them. And when Mm -hmm. I get the chance to accompany anybody, whether it's a parent, a teen, a young adult, uh, a sibling, whoever it is, just journeying with them in the faith and sharing those faith moments together and encouraging them to ask those deeper questions <clears throat> Excuse me, to themselves, like, where am I at? Instead of me just telling them where I think they're at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And watching that all of a sudden sneak its way into that family life, those people in their lives, because they want to take those questions deeper. Mm-hmm. So they just start asking them to the people around them and all of a sudden... More people are being inspired to ask those same questions. Right. But if I'm just constantly giving people the answers in my life, sure, then like they're not going to seek out the questions, and they're not going to go out and be those disciples. Like disciples make disciples, yeah, right. you know. But if by nature, right, so if yeah. that's not happening, then all of a sudden I can recognize that maybe people are looking like me, not like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You have two other points that I'd love for you to touch on in regard to that journey. Clarify yeah.
9: the first point just because there the are three questions. good points here. So that first point is like outside of that youth group event, you know, like how can I really live it out? One is don't let your faith be built on that event. Allow it be built on the fundamental questions of the gospel, of the, your mm-hmm. faith. Like, do I believe there is a God? Do I believe that it is Jesus? And do I believe his plan is good for me? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to follow it the best that I can knowing that i am not perfect. The second thing is we have to have a prayer life. And
1: non-negotiable. Yes,
9: you have to have a prayer life and it has to be real honest and authentic. Like you don't want your prayer life it might look like somebody else's but it shouldn't because you're just trying to do that, you mm-hmm. know? And i think we've a lot of us have heard that but doing that is actually pretty hard mm-hmm. because we see things so then we just try to do what that person did because it worked. Because sometimes we don't believe prayer works, so we try to do what other people did, and we're not encountering God. Mm. Because Fill that out.
1: Pray, why doesn't prayer? Or what, what would that mean right. to someone thinking that?
9: So I think sometimes we look at prayer as, or we've been told that prayer is this beautiful. Like amazing encounter with God, so every time you pray, you're gonna have this beautiful, amazing encounter with Him. The and singing. yeah, but like you I don't? think sometimes, I mean, I wish. cut his mic. Like, but that would make for like such good songwriting right. content. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> but uh, sometimes we think that that's prayer. So when we, like, I think sometimes we think that that has to be it every time, and we've been taught that. So I think there is a large majority of us that just don't believe prayer works. I just don't believe it works, so we try it, and when we don't have that mountain top or like that beautiful encounter, we're like, "Well, this doesn't work," so I'm just not even going to try. Not feeling anything. Yeah. Either. Well, can
0: I ask though? Even is it is it even about working, which can presuppose our agenda? And God is the big Same. uncle in the sky, and I need you to accomplish these things for me. And we get frustrated as opposed to knowing He fashioned me for a purpose, and if I'm availing to Him, I'm going to be that best version of myself. Right. Right.
9: Right. So that prayer life has to happen, but it has mm. to be authentic to who you are. And you've got to be real with where you're at. You have to be authentic in the way that you pray, and you have to be honest with God. Mm. You know, if you're going to have, a like, a good prayer life, those three things got to be part of it. Um, so, one, ask the fundamental questions. Two, prayer life. The third thing is to really take your faith deeper outside of just an event, you have to have a spiritual mentor. Mm-hmm. And I say the word mentor instead of director, because I think sometimes we're looking for, myself included, we're looking for spiritual directors, and there's very few and far than in between. So when we terrible. can't find them, we just give up in looking for one. Mm-hmm. But there are so many people that can be a spiritual mentor for you. Mm-hmm. Someone that you look up to in the faith that you can like go to them and ask them like officially ask them, Hey, will you just mentor me in the faith once a month? Let's get together. Let's have coffee and just talk about where I'm at and just share your, share your wisdom with me and like mm-hmm. help me to just journey and grow and I think if more of us did that, we would be growing deeper. Because I know the moments where I've had a spiritual director or a mentor, those are the moments where I've grown. Because instead of when those questions come up or those doubts or those fears, instead of me just being in my mind trying to figure them out and then not acting upon it, I can go to someone or they can call it out in mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they are helping me, accompanying me, push myself. Does awesome. that, if that makes sense.
1: Absolutely. So, so true. How long have you been involved in youth and young adult ministry, John?
9: So this would be my eighth year. This would be going in my sixth year at St. Pat's, and then a couple of years in college. You're and then there old. was a lot. Yeah, I know. I'm it's, it's like gray hair for real. Like awesome. I'm like it's I'm good. like twenty percent gray, y'all. Well, they say so.
0: Two year and a half is really the average, I think. So of you're youth doing ministers. pretty good. <laughs> so, no, <this> really, <laughs> really it's awesome. It's
1: amazing. What would you say that you have experienced as the biggest difference in regards to change, whether it be and those that you're ministering to or with and or the culture.
9: Yeah. So there's actually been a lot of talk of like where youth ministry, I guess. I'll just kind of stick on that for the moment where youth ministry is heading. And I think what a lot of people are noticing is that teens are coming. Like we get a large amount of teens that come on Sunday nights. But what's happening is that they're learning how to hide in youth group. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm interesting
9: like teens can come and show up but they're learning how to hide in small group they're learning like and i don't i don't know if i use the word learning but it's just happening Mm -hmm. um so i think there is a shift of that whole one-on-one mentorship Mm -hmm. needing to happen because when you're one-on-one with someone you can't hide you know and like we shouldn't feel like we have to hide so why is there this i'm still like scared and i think Mm -hmm. that's a lot of our culture you know Mm -hmm. like you go to a big event or you go to a conference or you go like you go to a concert or you go to anything. It doesn't have to be church related. You sneak into the crowd and you hide for a little bit. You try to find something, and then you leave. You know, but you have no encounter with somebody. Right. I mean I say it all the time. Like you can be in a crowd and still feel completely alone. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? And all
1: the digital devices certainly just foster Yeah, I mean
9: you're feeling alone, you grab your phone, you hop on it, you check right. it out, you know, you feel a little bit of that gratification from that and you're good to go. You know, and you can sit there and just stay hidden mm-hmm. um, so I think there is a need like in youth ministry to make sure that we are not wasting teens time because on like we get two hours a week with our teens, mm-hmm. you know, and they're spending time everywhere else, so if we're not putting the time in to make these nights worth it, then like, why come right. you know I wouldn't go mm-hmm. you know if like if I wasn't like growing or if I wasn't being really pushed. Right away, the hype of it might keep me coming for a couple weeks. But if somebody's not pushing me and I haven't been vulnerable, I'm going to stop going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Folks, you're tuning to Ignite Radio
0: Live with Greg and Stephanie. So blessed to have a brother in Christ, John Travick, with us. And uh, the blessing of being in this area at this time in history with a wonderful bishop and great pastors who are trying to really realize God's grace and build the kingdom. And I think a heart theme that we're all uh, about is... This deepest desire of our hearts to love and to be loved, to know and to be known right now, those of you who are listening to this right now, we share this desire to know and to be known without judgment, without condemnation, in the way that the Father knows us, and the Father loves us and that 's the point of our faith and John is pray for him and all of those involved in church ministry and I, what I, I can say from being involved in this many years, a, a key attribute that I see in John and in everybody that i 've met truly in this area is authentic, the word authentic, real, seeking it themselves, giving permission to really know the heart of the Father and to journey with them together. So be, be, we're, we're landing here pretty quickly. Steph, go ahead.
1: Just John, in 30 seconds or 60 seconds or less, what words would you want parents to hear um, that would be most meaningful?
9: Mm. I think I pray with your kids. Mm-hmm. Mm. Pray with your kids. Like, I have so many teens that come to youth group that are just so afraid to go home and pray Mm -hmm. with their family because they're afraid of the reaction. Mm -hmm. And if that happened, it would change everything. Like, it would take... Like, youth ministry should not have to exist, Mm -hmm. you know, in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, it should exist for the community, not necessarily for that forming. So if parents are praying with their kids and taking them deeper there, then all of a sudden we're journeying as a community and we're really going to be able to form it's intention an awesome of the
0: disciples. Awesome Let's close Thank and pray you. in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus, you fashioned us for your indwelling spirit, each of us. And we yearn for you, God, in the depths of our hearts that nobody sees and you are the supply, Lord. May we recognize that you gave us one another a holy community to correspond to holy communion that we can be your presence to one another, especially in our marriages and families and homes. We claim this world and this kingdom for you. Through Christ our Lord, amen.